Yo, it's me. It's me. It's DDP. Hello and welcome to the Day Day Podcast. First of all, uh, first episode I think didn't come out as I hoped for, and I apologize for that. But I will get that. Uh, this is the first time I'm doing this, so I will get better, and eventually, like, will be more comfortable in doing these podcasts. Uh, but today. Uh, We'll be talking about the other title contender in the NBA Finals right now. It's the Milwaukee Bucks, and that's pretty good. Uh, actually, the first game one of the NBA Finals happened yesterday, and I will be reviewing that on the next episode. But uh, today, we'll be focusing on how did the Milwaukee Bucks get it to this point which is very unpredictable, to say the least. Um, It's not exactly the smooth path that Milwaukee wanted from the past two seasons, especially being the first seed for the last two seasons and not making it to the playoff, uh, to the NBA Finals. It's just really disappointing for this organization. And they chose to shake it up a little bit uh they all of their signings this season were a lot more defense oriented uh talking about bobby portis drew holiday which is always a defensive point guard uh and they took out a lot of their actually they took out a lot of their offensive heavy players like kyle corver eric bledsoe DJ Augustine is another one right there. George Hill, especially. Uh, and they tried to get Bogdan Vodanovich. And the NBA was like, no. Uh, they violated a sign and I believe, the sign-and-trade deadline. I can't remember. It's just, it's been a year since um, that thing happened. So, it's... It sucks that they didn't get them Bogdan Bogdanovich, but they still had like a lot of off- offensive power in in that lineup. Uh, people like Giannis, uh, Chris Middleton, the, of course, Brook Lopez can score a little bit, but uh, they saw that Chris Middleton and Giannis, when they exert more effort in their defense but they actually slow down on offense so that's a good way to patch up those weaknesses and they definitely did that so they went 46 and 26 in season good enough for third in the east but a lot of those games that they won or even lost were very very close games Uh, they had like blowout wins and like a couple of blowout losses between like I can understand the Brooklyn ones they had really really close games against Brooklyn and the regular season but there's uh, losses to Toronto or Sacramento that they had close games and they should really like win that by blowouts like they usually do in Orlando but it's fine. They're still the third seed of the East. Um, they had the chance to choose who they're going to face against in the first round. And they wanted it to be Miami. And they showed absolutely no remorse against Miami. Um, they really prepared for that Miami series. And it showed. Miami wasn't hitting their shots like they used to be and they really struggled again 
in game two, three, and four. Uh, in game one, it was very close. Uh, it was an overtime game. This like two points, even though Giannis had a bad game. Bat, Bam Adebayo, you had a bad game as well in that game one. But uh, the rest of the series were just absolute destruction, and it's fun to see. Uh, people like uh, Brent Forbes getting uh, spots as well. Uh, Fifteen points per yeah, fifteen points per game in that whole entire series. He was hitting a lot of trees. That is really really vital for Milwaukee because they don't really hit a lot of trees, even though they're very very efficient at it. They're not like. A three-point focus team, mostly because Giannis is their superstar. Giannis likes to drive in the lane. Uh, Giannis wants Giannis can hit those trees, but it's not really recommended. I really don't like Giannis hitting trees. It's really awkward. It's really I don't know. It's probably because of his shooting form. His shooting form is like really. Ugh. Uh, <laughs> It's, I don't like it. I don't like his shooting form at all. But he can hit some trees if needed. But it's not a very efficient rate. Like going down the basket and absolutely demolishing someone for two points. But yeah, uh, they absolutely demolished the Miami Heat. Uh, they looked really good in the series. And I don't really have any complaints in that regard. Just Milwaukee was the better team. Uh, was the better team. And they were scoring really bad. Uh, Jimmy Butler, thirty percent from the field, twenty-seven percent from three, and they were only like half. For the people in Miami Heat side, above ten points per game, only Bam and Goran Dragic that scored. Over forty percent from the field, uh, with but Goran had thirty-five percent from three, and that's just one of their best shooters on the court. Which is so it really showed how Miami really struggled in this series, and uh, absolutely applause from the Milwaukee Bucks uh, coach about trying to get keep his job basically. Uh, with this series, but the next series, the O, uh, uh, didn't want to keep his job. I don't know what happened in the next series, and it, it's of course against the Brooklyn Nets, uh, which, my lord, that roster is absolutely insane. Uh, Kevin Durant, Griffin, Irving, Joe Harris, James Harden as well, like that. We we're seeing uh, Brooklyn Nets at like their really really good form in the first round, and Milwaukee Bucks being the good form in their first round. So coming into the series, like everyone was expecting that this is basically like an NBA final caliber series, but it wasn't. It definitely wasn't. Uh, game one was. Okay, for both sides. Um, but game two, oh my word, uh, that was an anomaly of a game. Uh, I don't know if I consider that a playoff game actually, because uh, Brooklyn just outscored them by forty. Even uh, they were as leading as much as forty nine. At least it's forty nine. Not fifty, they were saying in the broadcast, and that is bad. Uh, you don't. It's a playoff game. We don't really have to get outscored by at least fifty points per game. Uh, at least make it close. And uh, Coach Budenholzer was criticized for this game for not doing anything. Uh, he didn't do anything coaching. Wise, like he just let the Bucks get 
absolutely slaughtered in that game. And he need he needed adjustments, like so much adjustments coming into game three, and they did make that adjustments. Kevin Durant had a bad game in game three, and uh, Giannis uh, drew, and Middleton showed why they are the big three of Milwaukee that can counter Brooklyn big, big three. Of Durant, Irving, and Harden, so that uh, it was really good performance for all three of them, especially when their team, abs, the rest of their team couldn't score in that game. Uh, score that game. Uh, Drew Holiday only had nine points that game, but it was fine because he really stepped it up defensively and. That is what the Bucks paid them for. Uh, he, they brought Drew Holiday to be a defensive beast, and that's what sub- he's supposed to do. That's why Giannis and Middleton can go off for like 35 points, 33 points, because most of the defense are done by P.J. Tucker, Drew Holiday, Brooke Lopez to an extent. And in the last play, they got the ball off the rat, which is amazing. Uh, that is really good for them. Uh, Sterling, I believe Sterling Brown is hit the last. No, Bruce Brown. Bruce Brown hit the la- tried to hit the last shot to tie the tie the game up and did hit it. But it's, it's a really good game for Milwaukee for Game Three. Uh, but honestly, I wasn't impressed with the series uh, it's not really it didn't really show Milwaukee's strengths and it just showed so many weaknesses from their part if uh, Middleton Giannis or Drew had a bad game they basically just lose uh, even though uh, game 5 they were doing really well but Durant just went off in that game 5 with 49 uh, I believe it's 49 point triple double yeah 49 point triple double 49 17 and 10 for Durant in that game 5 Jeff Green also had 27 points which is amazing in this age uh, Jeff Green going for 27 uh, Brooklyn or any team would take that any day of the week cause j- just cause like Jeff Green doesn't really score that much, uh, but him going again twenty seven is amazing. But yeah, uh, I wasn't really impressed with how Milwaukee played the series, and it's I don't want to blame it on Budenholzer, but Boon, uh, Coach Bud is getting all the blame for. Badly coaching the Milwaukee Bucks and you know trying to get himself hired. I, you should blame the players as well. The players has to make adjustments when the coach is not making adjustments, and they really didn't do that. But they clamped Durant after uh, game five, and even though Durant. Uh, played so many minutes in that game 7 I don't think he took rest in that game 7 I think he played like 50 minutes yeah he played like yeah he played all 53 minutes him and James Harden played all 53 minutes Bruce Brown as well like 52 minutes I don't know Uh, they were just Getting ball. It was basically an 8v8 matchup in that game 7. Where all starters played like 38 minutes at least. Um, and then their 6 men played 23 minutes for. Uh, and then Brooklyn played 12. But like 30. All 5 starters. It was just a battle in that game 7. It, it was absolutely good TV. Um, 
I didn't like who won at the end. I really thought that Brooklyn was a better team overall against this Milwaukee Bucks team because uh, at least they're doing some adjustments. Their bench depth is amazing. And uh, they don't have to rely on Durant. Irving and Harden to absolutely outscore the other team, which is which was great, um, but it's fine. Uh, I think Milwaukee is still a really good team with the ones that are left. Basically, um, there was an injury in, with Divincenzo with I, I believe it was the series where Dante Divincenzo got Divincenzo got injured. Uh, and that was a really big blow for Milwaukee, considering that he's one of the more important part of the defense from Milwaukee, uh, especially in the guard position, because after Drew Holiday comes out, Dibichenjo uh, just comes in and absolutely just play absolutely annoying defense on anyone that is guarding, that will guard that will be guarding that. And they really need that in the next series, which is uh, Atlanta. And I don't know why Atlanta is here. Honestly, <laughs> I don't know how. It's probably because uh, it's a combination of uh, good scoring from Atlanta's side and their uh, opponents absolutely breaking to the brim. Uh, in the New York series, Julius Randle had a bad series, and we kind of forgot for this season how Julius Randle is most improved player. Uh, he didn't have these numbers after before the series season even started. So like he came back to that regular form of. You know, ten points per game, but it's it was eh, it, it sucks, honestly. But Atlanta, Atlanta was a good scoring team, and New York can't do anything if their leading score is not shooting well, because they're going against a top ten offensive team. Uh, Philadelphia, I don't want to mention that series because. That series was sad, um, especially for Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons, who like twenty eight percent on that free throw line, is absolutely abysmal. It's it shouldn't be allowed to for a free throw shooter to be that bad in a series. But anyways, um, Atlanta is here against Milwaukee, which is like. A very very surprising conference finals uh, I thought it was going to be Brooklyn Philadelphia like it should be Brooklyn Philadelphia but we got Atlanta and Milwaukee which is also a good thing because uh, Milwaukee is gonna be tested on their defense especially in the series because the Hawks can absolutely outscore anybody uh, in the entire playoffs and they got tested early um, they got absolutely tested early Trey Young hitting 48 points in game 1 which is insane uh, for a playoff debut basically. it's basically a playoff debut for a lot of these people in Atlanta and they went absolutely off in the scoring. So yeah, uh, Trey on 48 points in that first game. Absolutely insane. And John Collins, like, he was also like a big uh, component to why Atlanta is winning these games because He's basically a really good stretch four and could be a stretch five when Capella is not around. Capella is on the bench and John Collins is just 
beginnings. So much, so much good minutes, minutes from him. And basically, like, they were basically the one-two punch of Atlanta coming in. And they get tested. They got absolutely tested. And Milwaukee bounced back in those two games. And honestly, I didn't watch those two games. Uh, <laughs> I didn't think it. It's this problem for a mainstream audience, right? Where you see the conference finals is Milwaukee and Atlanta. It's not really that interesting because um, this is two small market teams. And even though Trae Young is going off being absolute trash talker on the court, and uh, Giannis is Giannis, but it's not really that interesting. So I didn't watch like game two or game three. I just listened to what uh, No Doc's podcast would say uh, about these games. Uh, but in these, I believe in the game three, uh, Middleton went off. And I believe that was the game where Middleton went off in the fourth quarter. God. Yes, Middle Middleton went off in the fourth quarter in game three with twenty points per game. Twenty points in that fourth quarter absolutely closing out this game. And they needed that. Uh, Milwaukee always needed that every game from him. It I mean he's a he's an all star. People forget that he's an all star uh for two years straight now. I don't. Uh, did he make the All Star game this year? I forgot. But he, he was an All Star in 2020, where he absolutely deserved it because Giannis was gone and he was having the season of his career. But he definitely needed to step up, and he stepped up indeed in this series, especially. But uh, I, you can say I'm not that impressed because both you basically need Middleton to pop off every single game, and he's not gonna do that because he's very very inconsistent with his scoring, and they really need that in Game Four where Giannis, I believe, uh, it was Game Four. Where no 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 it was game five Giannis uh oh wait it was game four who where Giannis uh hyperextended his knee and Trey Young was out Trey Young was not playing in this game and they lost because of uh, Lou Williams and Kevin Webster and Bogdan and. Absolutely scoring their their heads off in this game, which is saying something with Milwaukee defense uh, in that game where you had the opportunity to go up three one without Trey Young and even without Giannis, you could have won this game. But it they just didn't compete. Um, yeah, Middleton was had an okay game in thirty five percent shooting, but he only had sixteen points. Uh, it is not going to cut it for Milwaukee right now. Just saying something, uh, they shouldn't really rely on Chris Middleton that much, but they do because they're a more defensive team and offensively. offensively they don't really have the three-point shooters to do so, and if you, if Middleton having a bad night and nobody can score on your team, then Atlanta is obviously gonna win because they have uh, they have the fire firepower to outscore you 
outscore any team in the league, honestly. Uh, that's fine. Uh, they clean it up on game 5 and game 6. Uh, game... I believe both games, without the honest? Yes, both games, without the honest. Which is saying something. Uh, these was the two games where Drew Holiday absolutely stepped up with his defense. Um, he was doing. Uh, they were still doing the zone defense, but Drew Holiday was everywhere in the court on defense, which is great. Uh, he doesn't really score that much for them. He shouldn't score that much for Milwaukee. But if you want him to score, he still can score. Uh, Drew Holiday got 25 in that fifth game, and in game six, he had 27. Just basically their second best scorer in that series, in that spur of games. But problem is I don't know who actually adjusted their defense was it Drew Holder was it coach Bud if I don't really think coach Bud did that I think it was all Drew Holder and Brooke Lopez and Brooke Lopez going absolutely ham on game five and six was hilarious he was was dunking on everyone he, he felt like a big shock right there there's Ridiculous! He he even shoot trees like he was dunking on everyone that the, he he could see. It was I don't know what the, I don't know what I was watching when you know you can see Brooke Lopez going thirty three points in fifth game. It was insane. So you can see that the Bucks could be fine like without Giannis even. If Giannis hyperextended his name, they still play fine. They actually play better in those two games without Giannis. That is, that is a team I could be confident with winning a championship. Because they don't really have to rely on uh, your two all-stars to absolutely score points. It, it's basically a team game. And they really played as a team in that game five and six, which is a pleasant watch for you know, in TV. Overall, it's still like a worry in this finals whether Giannis would play. I mean, I already saw game one, Giannis did play, but he wasn't like full Giannis, it, I think it was still 90% Giannis. Um, it's still a worry, but as long as, you know, the team plays to their strengths and not rely on Giannis to like, uh, score 30 or 40 points per game in that finals, I think they should be fine and will still be have a great series on our hands if that happened uh, but there's still times where Milwaukee have a bad shooting night uh, and I mean it goes through every team every team has a bad shooting night uh, it's just uh, it happens with Milwaukee more often to today in the playoffs uh, than any other team and you can see if they have a bad shooting night they just accept that they have a bad shooting night they lose the game and it, I don't know if you can do that in the finals you shouldn't do that I don't know why they do that but it is what it is so, uh, key points for Milwaukee winning the finals, you have to adjust. Uh, whether it's coming from Coach Bud or coming from other players of 
on your team, you have to adjust your defense. If you don't adjust your defense, uh, Phoenix Suns have a lot of plays to counter your one strategy. And it's you basically have Middleton like score 30 points. Uh, you can't have a bad shooting night for Middleton. Uh, and yeah, uh, it's not really much I can say because their defense was superb in the Atlanta series. Uh, even though there are games that uh, people can outscore them, like the whole team gets outscored by the other team. As long as like Bobby Portis, I mean Bobby Portis is a good defender, but it's he really should stay on front court, and he's probably going to be on DeAndre Ayton more than anyone else. Uh, Brooke Lopez, I don't. Eh, Brooke Lopez can fight with Ayton for the rebounds, but don't really think that. He can handle guarding the Andre Ayton on the post. He is a very old man. Uh, it's not really on age. It's just uh, Brook Lopez is not really known for his defense, and he's not going to be an Ayton. He's probably going to be on the Bridges uh, or Jay Crowder, and. They basically have Pat Connaughton to guard either Chris Paul or Devin Booker, which is a really bad sign for Milwaukee because uh, Drew Holiday had have to guard the other the other one, and who's gonna guard the one that is open? It's gonna be Pat Connaughton. It's gonna be Brent Forbes. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what they're gonna do there. Maybe put Giannis in. Booker or Paul, but Giannis is not 100%, so uh, if Giannis is 100%, then you can probably put him on Booker and Paul, but you can't really have Middleton uh, guard Chris Paul or Devin Booker because he's going to get tired, and you need the shots for from Chris Middleton, especially this game. Uh, you don't rely on your bench to hit trees or score, basically. But if the bench could hit trees, like uh, Brent Forbes can hit a couple of trees, like he did in the Heat series, uh, that is a good improvement for Milwaukee because they have a hard times, like just scoring the ball in a couple of games. Uh, that Brooklyn game two that I just mentioned, uh, them getting beat in game four without Trey Young against the Hawks. Yeah, there are times that you know they just can't score, and you need the production of the bench for uh, defense and offense. Basically, you can't just you know play an eight man game like they did in game seven of Brooklyn. But it's going to be a tough road for them. It's definitely not going to be five games if they win the championship. It's obviously going to be uh, at least game six or game seven before they figure things out on their side. And they can they can obviously win the championship. I think this, these two teams are well matched against each other. They're just a couple of, you know, uh, mismatches that can happen on both sides actually however I'm still gonna pick Suns in 6 uh, I think that's my final prediction that the Phoenix Suns will win the championship for the first time in their history it's because uh, you can't really it's basically either DeAndre Ayton goes off or Paul and Booker goes off, and you can't have those two 
like I don't know what you do because you're obviously obviously gonna uh, suppress the paint with uh, with those inside passes you can't Phoenix can will cannot really do those inside passes especially when Drew Holiday is like on high alert every time they do that zone defense but if you go on isolation it's really hard for someone like Brooke Lopez to be guarding someone one-on-one on the mid-range especially on the mid-range because uh, Chris Paul and Devin Booker are very very deadly on the mid-range and if Phoenix can hit some trees Milwaukee doesn't have anyone for them to hit trees. Maybe Brook Lopez, maybe Middleton, uh, maybe Bryn Forbes. Uh, but other than that, like you can't expect Giannis to hit trees at all. Like you don't, just don't. Okay. But hopefully it's uh, hopefully it's a fun series regardless. I mean. Uh, game one is already out, uh, and it was even though it was a fourteen point lead at the end there, fourth quarter. Uh, it was still a very very fun game to watch. So obviously we can uh, end the podcast here, but this is a podcast for basketball wrestling and other things if necessary so uh, here's like a couple of wrestling updates that happened this week at all um, because this week has been absolutely eventful week for wrestling uh, there's been this stardom tournament that was I, no not start tournament a start uh, Yokohama Dream Cinderella in summer for Stardom, which is one of their big pay-per-views before uh, their five-star Grand Prix. Uh, you have NXT doing the Great American Bash, which is like such a classic of pay-per-view back then, but they're doing it uh, as a special show on the USA Network. Uh, AEW, you have Road Rager, you have Money in the Bank for uh, WWE Sunday and New Japan. I believe Wrestle Grand Slam is just around the corner. So, uh, a little bit of wrestling updates for this week. Uh, Jimmy Uso uh, arrested for uh, DOI. Um, I don't know why we're starting with Jimmy Uso, but here we are. Uh, Jimmy Uso was arrested. For uh, drinking under the influence of a 0.205 liquid rate, I believe. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I can't remember. It was I, I just remember 0.205 and the limit, limit of alcohol intake was 0.80. It's like, oh my god. Like, he's way over the limit. Um, there were, like, I saw some pictures in online. It's like, back. 0.205 live like it's just memeing just and it sucks um, for a wrestler for a wrestler to get arrested like this like it sucks I believe it's his second time getting arrested his first time getting arrested I believe it was after that John Cena promo where he said like you know they look just like their mug shots which is like actually pretty funny when they got arrested and this is not this is not funny that he got arrested this time. Uh, he was part of a really big angle in SmackDown, uh, the Tribal Chief storyline. That is, perhaps, it's just perfect, just perfect. Um, and you might have screwed it up. Uh, it sucks because that's one of the only good things that Raw and SmackDown has done over the past like year and they might just throw it away because Jimmy Uso got arrested uh, 
but it's fine. Uh, I hope he comes back better. Um, I don't know how you know he's still gonna get pushed into this into this storyline. I don't know how it affects the storyline actually. But I I hope everyone's okay. Uh, he should really stop uh, driving under the influence. Uh, it's really bad. It's a bad look for him. It's a bad look for the WWE, and it's a bad look for wrestling. Uh, you should really stop. Uh, and I don't know. I don't know how I'm gonna tra- trans- transition. Jesus, Tran- transition to uh, the NX- NXT. NXT is going to have a breakout tournament. Uh, the last one they did was in 2019 back when fans were still at full sale uh, it introduced people to uh, a lot of the superstars that are currently in NXT like on their uh, mid card like a lot of them were from that breakout tournament Joaquin uh, Wild from uh, Legado Del Fantasma Phantasma, uh, Angel Garza, uh, Cameron Grimes, Bronson Reed, Isaiah Swerve Scott. Like, that's a lot of names that are currently in NXT's mid card and they're trying to push uh, onto the main event or get called up in the main roster. So, it's really good that they're doing this breakup tournament again. And you know, hopefully the the winner this time doesn't get released after you know having a shirt, a bad shirt. So uh, the competitors are Andre Chase, Josh Briggs, Ikemenjiro, just you know, I mean it's Ikemenjiro, uh, Joe Gacy, Odyssey Jones, Duke, Duke Hudson, Trey Baxter, uh, formerly known as played uh, with Blake Christian. Yeah, and Carmelo Hayes, formerly known as Christian Casanova, uh, those last two people we've seen on NXT uh, in that cruiserweight open challenge, and both matches were great. Uh, can't wait to see both of them in this breakout tournament. Obviously, uh, Triple H is probably pretty high on those two, and they're probably gonna push to the moon. Hell yeah, um, Jiro, uh, we've seen on 205 Live, uh, back when 205 Live still had roster, and uh, I hope he goes far in this tournament, uh, I don't, uh, if he only gets out in the first round, it's fine as well, uh, I mean, he's, it's Japanese handsome style, how can you not love Japanese handsome style, so, Yeah, other news, um, Zelina Vega uh, has returned to SmackDown uh, you know, after being released in October because of, you know, uh, I don't know, I forgot what it was. Uh, I believe she didn't want to stop the Twitch streams. Oh, no, oh, okay. Didn't want, she didn't want to stop the OnlyFans thing. But yeah, he she came back and it was uh, it was a decent uh, comeback. Uh, hopefully, we uh, we can get decided more when she competes in the Money in the Bank uh, ladder match and you know Sunday. And, you know, did uh, did another one? This just happened today. Uh, Malachi Black. Uh, Zelina Vega's uh, husband signed to AEW, uh, which is great. Uh, I think he he'd be at home at AEW. Uh, WWE was definitely high on him. Uh, it sucks that they didn't have anything for him, and they thought he was expendable, basically. But he was definitely high on them before getting released and. 
it's great to see him on AEW. Um, he's going to be very hard hitting striker. Is going to be fine there. Uh, if there's so many good matches that can go with him, basically, uh, Lance Archer would be great. Uh, I've seen online that there's another person that Cody Rhodes might put over, which is God. Uh, if he puts over uh, Malachi Black, it, it, that's good because uh, he hasn't put a lot of people over lately when he should have. He should. He's the only person that can put someone over uh, by winning, okay? By not by losing, like you know, Omega does. But uh, there's a lot of three matches that I can see, but. I'm most looking forward to uh, Malachi Black versus Andrade El Idolo again. Those two have really great chemistry in the ring. So I hope we see that on AEW at some point, maybe even on CMLL. Um, But I hope. I don't care if it's a pay per view. Uh, just you know, just do it eventually. And finally, uh, I did mention the Yokohama Summer Cinderella that happened last Sunday, and it's unfortunate that I'm gonna report that there was an injury in the main event. Uh, Natsuko Tora, the leader of Oe at the time, was facing against Utam. Hayashista uh, of Queen's Quest and also the World of Stardom champion. Uh, uh, updates have been Natsuko Tora has uh, torn her ACL in that match, which is very brutal for any sport uh, to get, you know, like an ACL, ACL or MCL injury like that. And it sucks because it's probably going to be at least a, th- a year before she comes back. And she was she was just getting into her character uh, this year, uh, in 2020, when uh, after Kagetsu, Kagetsu, the leader of Oedo Tai, uh, retired, uh, I didn't really buy her as a leader of Oedo Tai. But in 2021, she has gotten better uh, in the ring as well. Uh, she has gotten better, and you know she was really getting into her character more. But it sucks. Uh, it sucks to for anyone to have an ACL injury. And I hope she recovers. She's obviously getting replaced in the Five Star Grand Prix, which is also announced. In the same show, the participants of that five-star Grand Prix, it will start on July 31, and it will end on September 25. And it's going to be tournament season now for uh, Japanese wrestling, which is going to be great. Uh, it's great action, regardless of promotion you're looking at, because it's going to be full of tournaments. Um, and I hope G1 Climax... I, and JPW uh, announces the G1 participants soon because I do want to cover that at the end of Ju- at the end of July. But if they don't, then it's fine. It's fine. Uh, take your time. G1 is always going to be great, and that's it. We've reached the end of the episode. Uh, thank you all for listening to this podcast uh, I believe I'm posting both episodes of the podcast uh, on July 9th which is tomorrow for me uh, I hope that you know I get a very positive review but uh, it's fine if you know I get criticized as well I think um it's my first time doing this, and we're obviously going to get better down the line. Uh, everything that, uh, every music that you hear 
in this podcast can be placeholder for now. Uh, I don't think that it's going to be placeholder for a long time. Uh, actually, <laughs> I don't think it's going to be replaced. You know, uh, but if I have time to replace it, I mean, it's fine. But it's going to be there for a while. Uh, eventually, the quality of this podcast will get better. So I hope that you know, just stay tuned every time uh, I drop this podcast. It's usually going to be Mondays and Fridays from this time on, uh, except for next episode, which is going to be on Tuesday, because uh, I record usually Mondays and Fridays as well, or just weekdays in general, I record weekdays, so. It's going to be Tuesday, and we're going to see, we're going to review the first three games of the NBA Finals, and I already have game one, like, wrote up, so we're going to just wait for uh, game two and three. Uh, Game two is happening tomorrow, and I hope we have a good game tomorrow, honestly. Game 1 was pretty fun. Game 2 is probably going to be pretty fun as well. As long as it's not, you know, a dreaded blowout. It's going to be great basketball all around. Uh, so, uh, well, that is all. And catch you up to the next episode. Peace, I guess. <laughs> that was pretty bad, but uh, it's okay. It's okay. Up on the next episode of this day day podcast. Peace. Shit.